Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do about anything and everything property. This week, we're going to start talking about an auction experience because, Stuart, you have recently a- attended, I'm not quite sure that's the right word, attended, I'll, I'll go with attended, an online auction. But before we talk about the experience of that, I thought it'd be, be good to talk about why you attended. What, what were you looking at? What was interesting in this auction? Yeah, there were a couple of properties I was interested in, actually, primarily driven by price, as we often are by uh, guide price numbers and I-, I had david's words in my head that guide price is is usually just that it's a it's a starting point and not the end price but there are a couple of properties really good i went to see one of these properties it was a three bed terraced in my sort of investment area just outside actually but pr- pretty close to it and it was a really good price it was a three bed three-story Victorian house, guide price 80 to 90,000. On the photos, you could tell a lot of work needed doing. Kitchen didn't have, you know, those one of those things called a ceiling, so I think it is. Didn't have a, didn't have a ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get out of the back of the house or, or one of the rooms because the amount of waste that was around. So it's one of those, but, you know, th- this is why they... They pop up at auctions, so and it was a it was a probate, and I went to see this property actually, and it, it's it's one of these where I was walking into the pro- actually I'll start with the first thing. I was at the property early. It was my first it was my first viewing, and I'd driven straight there from my house. So I'd left pretty early in the morning, circa five a.m., and I was there early. And the person showing me in had turned up. It was quite clear that I was. The prospective viewer, just because the location of the property, you'd be very surprised if there were other people just walking around the property. And I, because I was early, I had had a little walk around and look look through the back gate of the garden. And I walked up, surprised the person that was opening the door, even though it was quite obvious I was there to view the property. And it just opened the door. I asked my first question, said something like, "Oh, it looks like this has been on with another auction house. Is there a is there a reason for that? Don't know. Sorry, I've no idea." Okay. And then had another little walk around and it was quick, clear there was a lot of rubbish. Has this been on for a while? Sorry, I'm just here to open the door. I don't I don't I don't know anything about the property. So that's that left me to realise, okay, I'm gonna have to do a lot of my own research on this particular property. Was this an auction house sort of located elsewhere using a, a local door opening person <laughs> i believe that's the case so uh no, no auction houses should be named or shamed because I, I believe it was just a third party person and it was fine actually you know we started talking about the property and i did get a little bit of background but it always irks us when you go to a property and you've got questions about the property because you're about to invest a significant sums of money Anyway, the the other thing was I, I looked around the property and I was just thinking there's something not quite right about this property and I can't put my finger on it. And I couldn't put my finger on it until I got to the top floor and then I suddenly realised, oh, I feel like I'm on a ship. And I realised that the whole house was leaning backwards. Oh, dear. To the, to the tune <laughs> of quite a few degrees. And it was only when I started feeling a bit dizzy. I thought, oh, God, I'm feeling dizzy. And then I turned around to the person walking with me and I said, I've just realised this this house is at an angle, isn't it? 
and there was a sort of a, a sheepish moment which were like but yes 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 it is but, but so you can't avoid it <laughs> yeah we can't we can pretend but it's there but you know for me that that gave me the challenge of okay so there's there's stuff that needs to happen on this property i, I remember i walked around a, a property a long time ago in fact i talked about it in one of our early episodes in Rygate, and it's uh it's such an old property that all of the floors were completely uneven as in every room was slightly wonky but that that i think was just because the, the floors were slightly wonky because they, they were they were really old and a bit worn and and hence nothing quite lined up the stairs were all a bit crooked and and every room lent a slightly different way and things so i don't think the, the property was actually sinking or anything like that but this one you're talking about it, it was all leaning the, the same way was it it was it was definitely a, a sinking property <laughs> Well, definitely the top floor leaned backwards. And on on the serious note is the next step for me would have been to get my surveyor just to have a look at it and give me a pointer, excuse the pun, of, you know, what what was happening. And I put a call in. But unfortunately, because I'd only viewed the property a week, just over a week before the auction, I just couldn't get done what I needed to get done. I mean, I, like everything, there there are solutions to most problems, and given that it's a terrace property and there's several several in the row, I'm confident that there's a solution for the problem. So the first thing is, even if it is you know subsidence, you know that that could be fixed. But if it wasn't, and we just needed to re-level the floors, that too can be fixed. But of course, we're now talking thousands of pounds just for those elements. So I, I was kind of in two minds about the property. Uh, and I guess I'd kind of come to the the conclusion that this might be too much for me. But I, I had spoken with my builders about it and, you know, what we could do. So I knew that there were solutions. I was also looking at the solutions for subsidence, which ranged from anywhere from £1,000 to over £10,000, depending on the method. So so I, I was kind of aware, but I really wanted to get, not not a civil engineer, but even my surveyor, just to to have a look at it, you know. And again, that 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 costs a few hundred quid, but just for him to say, yeah, I think this is the issue because you know these properties are over 150 years old. I don't think they're going anywhere, but but yeah, it, it would be good to know which which end of that scale you're looking at. Whether you're looking at sort of a thousand pounds to fix it or ten thousand pounds to fix it, because that, that, that's a big difference. Yeah, and, and particularly as this for me would have been a flip which is you know I don't do that frequently my last flip again that I bought in October 2019 I still own so so me me and flips probably... I, I think at some point you might need to stop calling that a flip <laughs> <laughs> it's a flipping something I tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but but either way I saw and there was another property which I hadn't viewed but was looking quite good on the price and where it was I was quite confident of the of the property itself and so there were two properties that were both going to this online auction, which actually happened, you know, just, just over a week ago at the time of recording. Before we get to, to the actual mechanics of that, I, I'm a, a little bit more interested in, in these properties. You, you say the first one you actually went and viewed, you were thinking of uh, as a potential flip. So were you thinking of just sort of cleaning it up and doing it up and, and leaving it kind of as it was? Or, or were you thinking of anything sort of structural or... Uh, ex- extension wise or anything like that to to do with it well the good thing about this pro- property it had a basement floor which was 
to, to say the previous owners had been hoarders would be a, a real understatement. I mean, I had to take a you know, torch and be really careful. You couldn't see the floor because of the amount of waste that was there. However, I think my view would have been that actually you would turn that into a, a living area, but it would have needed a fair amount of work in terms of yeah, damp proofing, etc. Just to so, but in terms of changing the footprint, no, possibly moving the bathroom. So, so very minimal in terms of moving things around, but really just bringing it up to a habitable standard because it, it just wasn't habitable. Quite a simple. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't get a standard mortgage on it. I wouldn't have thought. So, getting it habitable and bringing another floor to it, which already existed but just hadn't ever been uh, developed. Okay, so then the the other property you were looking at, the, you said you did actually manage to view. What were you thinking of that for? That would have been, again, I was thinking of that for a flip, but because of the size of the property, this one was up for, I think the guide was 130 to 140. I would have projected that to have been 200 plus. That could have been either flip or hold, depending on the, the end value, the GDV that it would have determined. But because I hadn't seen it personally and because I didn't know anyone that had seen it, it was always, uh, let's just see if it, if it was going for a, a really low price, which I wasn't expecting because we know the market is super hot right now. And, and that was the other reason I wanted to go to the auction really was just to see what's happening in the in the market. Although there were only 10 lots, so it wasn't like I was going to get to see a lot of property. So that So that one was more a, I'm interested in it, but I'm more interested to see what it goes for. But if it was somewhere around the guide price, then I might have been persuaded to hit the button. Okay, so let's move on to the the actual process. Was it was it sort of a, a video stream of a, a a live room plus an online bit, or was it was it sort of fully eBay style, or h- how did it work? Yeah, so it was a live stream of the auctioneer who was very good in a room i don't think there was anyone in the room with the auctioneer other than the team that were that were managing the phone line so i think it was online streaming phone lines and proxy all of which you had to register for beforehand and that was interesting that our friends at ei group their software was used for part of the process so to to register to to uh, I was going to say register to vote to register to bid, you needed to go through their process where you enter two two forms of identification, so passport and proof of address, that kind of thing. But then you select the properties that you want to bid on. So it's not like you can bid on all of them. That I found quite interesting because then there was another property, yeah. and I was I was like half debating, but then I realised I couldn't I couldn't now bid on it. So you had to so you'd have to get approved to bid on the properties that you wanted to bid on. What that approval process is, don't ask me. I think I'd viewed one of them, not the other, so I'm not sure. That's that's very strange. Because, I mean, if you turn up to a room auction, there's there's nothing like that. <laughs> it's uh, it's really just a, a free-for-all. So, yeah. so, yeah, interesting. But I think that reason, I think you've just said free-for-all, I think that's the very reason that you would do that. To me, it makes sense that you have a little bit of a criteria just to stop the people that that would just oh I'll just rock along to a, a property auction see how it's going and then accidentally hit a bid button and don't realise that they've just exchanged on a property by pressing that one button <laughs> that may cost anywhere from a hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty or greater. 
Well, I I can understand the registration process to to prevent that, <laughs> and and you say up to sort of two hundred thousand or something. I, just a quick aside, I don't quite know how, but I must have signed up at some point for for the the commercial auctions listings for for one of the auction houses, and yeah, oh my goodness, sort of five million upwards for for a single lot, absolutely crazy. But anyway, the the registration process I get, but why the specific sort of indicating which properties you want because i mean surely that's limiting their audience as well because as you say you were there for two particular properties but there was a third you were kind of interested in surely they don't want to prevent people from going for that that third may be interesting if it if it is low enough and, and things well what what happens is when you've so you select the properties and then the auction you've got a window with the auctioneer doing the auctioneer stuff and then you've obviously got a, win, uh, a a photo of the property, and then the the current value that it's bid at. Those that you've registered for, when they pop up, you then get a bid button with the amount on it. Those that you haven't, you don't. So I agree, and that, that was my first thought was that you, you've now reduced your numbers because you might have I don't know. Let's let's say a hundred people online but only 10 of us have registered. And it just so happened, actually, that on the, the property I was most interested in, I think there was a bit of concern from the auctioneer because there was only two or three of us. And obviously my ears perked up at that point because then you're thinking, oh, this is interesting. But the the, the bid button only goes live for you. So I, that was my first thought because obviously in terms of business, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But my feeling from having been to a couple of auction houses and you know, spending time with them, you realise that they've obviously got a lot of, uh, I guess, legal requirements, a framework where they have to be very explicit about what happens when you bid on a property. And and like you say, uh, it feels more preventative to me to to stop the, the people just sort of rocking up and not interested. And then, you know, seeing a property for a value they like and hitting the button. But then, I guess as long as everything's been made clear, that shouldn't be an issue. Could you apply for this approval status during the auction or did it have to be in advance? Or? Well, I did it all literally five minutes before. Okay, so so it was pretty short notice to, yeah. to be approved for a lot. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I could have just clicked on all of them <laughs> and then had the option, if if that's allowed... Yeah, because I guess that's what a lot of people will do. But I tell you, the most interesting thing for me was the fact that the auctioneer knew when you were hovering over the bid button. So <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's not allowed. <laughs> oh my well, goodness. well, the thing I think I think going online is a big challenge for auction houses because in a room. Not only have you got the theatre and the, the emotion of the situation, so you can get people a bit wrapped up into it. And, of course, you lose that online. They can't see us. No, but instead they can spy on where your mouse is. What? <laughs> well, they weren't spying because he kept talking about it. And he just said, you know, Mr. L, I can see you're hovering over your button. If you want to make a bid, you've got to make a bid now. You know, so they were using it to to that degree to, to keep that interest. Because I think otherwise it's really hard because – you know, if, you, if you've ever done anything online where you are talking into a computer and you're seeing nothing back, I can imagine how hard that is when you're really trying to, 
you know, increase the values because ultimately that's what they're there for. They're there to get the best price for the seller that they can. And that, that's their job. Yeah. But I did like his, the, the use of it because, you know, a number. So I made it very certain I kept my cursor well away, my mouse well away from the bid button. But it was interesting on the on the property that I was looking at that there were only two or three of us, and it actually went for just 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 over the guide price. It was it was up for eighty to ninety, and I think it went for either ninety or ninety and a half. And I think one of those bids was the auction house itself. You know when they can when they can bid themselves. And part of me was really sort of kicking myself because at that price, the the margin for a flip would have been really good. But it was just there were just too many unknowns. But he he did sort of suck us in by just sort of saying, you know, Mister L, you've not bid yet. How, you, you know, do you want to come in? Just five hundred. <laughs> and and then when someone else was over the button, they'd say, right, you know, Mrs S, if you want to make a bid, I can see you're thinking about it. You've got to make a bid now because the gavel's going up. And and you know, there was just a millisecond delay of gavel going down and being sold. So he sort of. Because a lot of people, and I certainly did when I went to auction, play the game of you wait for auction, you know, you go, we wait for going twice and then you come in. Whereas online, it's a, that that would be a very risky game to play. And it, my view would be you'd probably not win the win the bid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So it's, I, 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 the the way you're describing them using it to help sort of stir up interest. I, I wonder if if it was really. If they really were spying on on people's mouses, mouses, mice, spying on people's mouse pointers, but or whether they were just sort of trying to to encourage people to to do something, but but the things they didn't pick on you and you kept your mouse well away, so maybe they are spying on mouse pointers. I don't, know. but perhaps we we'll have to invite David back and 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 ask him to reveal all on how his technology works. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, unless I got very suckered in, I'm quite sure that that technology did exist, and again there. It was very specific. You know, there was someone, there was one property that was just going really slowly, went from 2,000 increments down to 500. And then he kept saying, Mr. D, I can see you're hovering over the button. So if you want to, if you want to bid, you're going to have to do that now. Otherwise, I'm going to close. And you're right. That could have just been the theater of it, the situation, but he used it fairly often. So it just, and it, and it was very specific, particularly on other bids where there were, you know, 20 people, for example, he was picking on certain people. So it felt, it felt, I bet there's something in the T's and C's that says they'll be able to see that. Oh, yeah, quite. So, very, very interesting. How, how did your other lot go that you were interested in? Well, that went for a lot more than I was expecting it to go for. So it was up for 130 to 140, and it went for, I think, just shy of the, I think it went for about 180 something, 183, 186. And based on my numbers for me, and it, it, this is where I, I could have got one of my numbers wrong, and this is just it. But for my numbers, if I'd got it for that price, I think I'd have lost lost eight thousand pounds based on my GDV and the, the works. But that's why property is interesting because it could have been someone looking to move into that and buy it. It could have been that my GDV was out because I hadn't considered factors that I should have done. So, you know. It's, someone's got it and there were a couple of people bidding it up to that value so there's someone out there that thinks it is worth that yeah it's interesting that one of them went for a bit less than you're expecting and one of them went for quite a bit more than you're expecting so it's it's not not all all one way yeah what was your sort of overall view on on the lots in the auction 
and how they performed? Well, yeah, just interesting. So on the one that I did want, my original budget would have been around 100, 105,000 and it went for 90 and a bit. But the unknown, the unknown factor probably on that occasion put me off. But it it, it, it frustrated me because usually I'd solve that before the auction and the, the fact that I didn't really annoyed me. And it was still <laughs> part of me that was wishing I'd hit that button. But overall, I thought... As I said, there are only 10 auctions. I think one got taken off just prior or got postponed to the next auction. One sold just prior. I, I think there were good lots. I think, like I say, there was only sort of like nine actual live lots. But there seemed to be a fair amount of interest. And from what I saw, some good bidding. So it's something I'm I'm definitely going to do again, probably next month, actually. Probably go to the to the May auction as well. But... The biggest takeout for me is that right now is a very difficult time to get a property for what we might consider good value. And it might just be that I need to revise my opinion on what value is based on the current market. But, you know, historically, the 90,000 property, that probably would have been my ceiling. And now I'm thinking, oh, actually, you know, 90 to 100, obviously forgetting the, the issues aside, but there was a couple of residentials. Some land went for somewhere between sixty and a hundred thousand, where there was potential planning for at least one, possibly two dwellings. That's a good price. Again, we're talking about the southwest, deep dark southwest. So that was interesting, and I I quite enjoyed it. The kids came in at one stage and watched it, and they were quite enthralled by what was going on, and they couldn't believe that these numbers were so big, and that people were just pressing buttons to, to buy houses. <laughs> That's that's definitely a benefit of online. You, you can't so easily take your kids to a, a room auction. No, no, especially not if they have a have a tick at the wrong moment and, and shove their hand up and you you walk away with a quarter of a million pound house. Yeah, right. Well, there, there might be some age restrictions on who they allow to bid. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I would, I, I'd, I'd like to think so. Actually, I wonder if there are even age restrictions on who they allow in the room. I don't know. Although actually. The last room auction I went to, there there were actually babies in pushchairs in the room. So, uh, so yeah, clearly they. But they weren't bidding. They weren't bidding on. They weren't bidding on anything. No, no. I'm sure some of them were making some noises and waving arms around, but no, I don't think they actually managed to bid on anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, was this your your first online auction experience? No, I've been to one previously. I think. Yeah, I, I think it was an all sops one very similar setup i have to say done really well really professionally i think there was a slight delay at the start because of some sound issues but nothing i wouldn't have expected but overall i thought the auction the auctioneer was really professional thought the way he handled things was professional so you know for me it's it's a good service and it was done right i'm pretty sure like i say the the sort of constraints they've got they've, they've got to do things properly and Allsop certainly did as well so how much time do you think you saved in travel by being able to attend online? Well, me personally, about uh, about nine hours. <laughs> and were you able to do do other things while you were also attending the, this, this auction, at least for the lots you weren't interested in? Uh, yeah, I mean, what I was doing was actually, the interesting thing was I'd the one that I, I was interested in but knew I wasn't going to buy, let's say that, I'd already had my kind of you know deal analyzer and I would just update it as the bid was ongoing. So I would just constantly put in the figures and go, okay, this is now this is now me at break even. 
this is now me losing money. So this is now me not even thinking about putting a bidding. And then on the other one, you know, I keep putting the number in and going, oh, this is, the number looks really good, but I had to show some self-constraint. And it was quite easy in that situation. But that, that was the interesting thing for me was that, you know, having two couple of screens, I could do a couple of things. So I could do a bit more research whilst the the auction was ongoing. But of yeah. course, I had a little voice in the back of my head saying, "We shouldn't be doing any research right now. Not if not if we're going to bid. <laughs> this should <laughs> be done. Possibly a little little late, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last one, I think, I think if I was really serious, and just to be clear, I, you know, for anyone that, you know that's still listening, is that when I am a hundred percent going to put a bid on. I will have done the legals prior. I will have sent them to my solicitor to cast an eye over. Although, and that's the other thing, I was reading the legal, some of the legal paperwork and going through some of the searches. So I think for anyone with a bit of a mind like that, you you, you can still do a lot more. You can do, you know, you can do quite a lot on the day that you probably shouldn't be doing if you were going to be in the room because you need to be focused on the room. So that's quite interesting. But I'd definitely certainly advocate still doing all the stuff that you should do previously, like surveying, legals, etc. Yeah, so th- th- there's a bunch of stuff that you kind of have to do, sort of on-site, like viewing and surveys and things like that. But yeah, the the the, the legals, I think you can you can obviously don't need to be on-site for those, and you can do those remotely and at any time. And it's quite good that you can save your commuting time and spend it reading a legal pack instead. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, for that sort of fun. Um, <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, I think we are out of time for this week. So just leaves me to appeal to anyone listening. Please let us know of your own online auction experiences. We'd be really interested to know whether you think they're they're, they're better or worse than in-room auctions, or if you've got any queries about how they actually work in practice. Perhaps we'll we'll manage to, to tempt David back to join us for another episode and, and answer some questions, because that, that'd be really good for us as well, I think. So if we can build up some questions from others as well. We'll we'll perhaps manage to put together a whole episode for that. So please do get in touch through the contact form on thebusinessofproperty.com, which is also where you can find all show notes, or reach out to us on Twitter. We are bizofproperty, that's B-I-Z of property. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.